powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Would you lift your Bibles? Let's make our confession of faith together again. Uh, we honor today the anniversary, obviously, the 10-year anniversary of 9-11. And we thank God for all of um, those families that today uh, are grieving and our prayers are with them today. Amen. And we thank you that even though attacks may be launched and weapons may be formed, we thank you that they're not able to prosper. And so we thank you. We're still standing. We're still here. Terrorism didn't win. We're still here. Look at somebody tell them, I know that's the truth. Lift your Bible. You're going to enjoy this word today. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. Shout it out. I am. Hallelujah. If you remain standing, we're going to look at two scriptures real quick. Proverbs 14, 12. Proverbs 14, 12. We welcome those watching at all of our campuses today. Proverbs 14, 12. Good to see everybody. Of course, uh, a lot of folks got jerseys and, and things on, and, and, and nobody's perfect. Some of the teams y'all got on, that's okay. I'm going to be praying for you. Somebody said, well, Bishop, the Titans didn't do so good last year either. But don't judge our future by our past now. Don't, don't. <laughs> it may have not been good last year, but that's all right. We can get it together this year. Proverbs 14, 12, you got it? Look at what it says. There is a way that seems right to a man. And that's, the Bible is not sexist, so there's a way that seems right to a man and a woman. It's a way that a man just means mankind. But its end is the way of death. Now, one more scripture. Go to Proverbs 21 and 2. Proverbs 21 and 2. 21 and 2. You got it? Just every way of a man is right in his own eyes. Now, check it out. The, the last verse says there's a way, right, uh, a way that seems right to a man. And Proverbs 21 says every way we have is right in our eyes. Isn't that something? 
But the Lord weighs the heart, or the word heart there in Hebrew means mind. So, so look at the dilemma we have. Every way that we have seems right to us, even if those ways end up in destruction. Isn't that something? And that's why sometimes we find ourselves doing things, and we're like, I don't know why I'm doing it. It's not really getting me any results. I just don't know what else to do. So it sounds like perhaps maybe we've been miseducated about some things in life. Because the, the book says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. But then the, the Bible tells us every way we have seems right to us. You, you ever tried to tell somebody uh, something about themselves, but they were convinced that you were wrong and they were right, even though you look and say, but look at what happened. And they're still trying to tell you, no, you don't understand. Oh, Lord, it's going to be a bumpy ride today. But, Father, if you'll come into this place like you already are and you'll manifest yourself in a big way, Father, we thank you that you would be able to help to rectify some of the miseducation that we've received, Father. I'm speaking not just to men that are warriors, but I'm speaking to women that are warriors today. And, Father, we honor you and we bless you. Customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, God, as if you were speaking directly to us like you'd been having cameras in our our house all this week father we know that you can do it because it's through the holy spirit not holy guessing going on here but it's the holy spirit do what you do when you do what you do how you do when you do it in jesus name somebody ought to shout right there have to have somebody say god's gonna talk to you today he's gonna talk to you today he's gonna talk to you today you can be seated in the presence of the lord i, I want to talk for just a few moments about this thought the miseducated warrior say that with me the miss now, now, in this series, it's not just to men, but so that women can better understand us. And especially if you're a single mother that's raising up young men, you're going to have some extra tools in your belt that's going to help you out a little bit. Uh, now, I want to remind you that a warrior, we said last week, is one that's skilled in combat or warfare. Say that, skilled in combat or warfare, which means a warrior is somebody that knows how to fight. And I'm not talking about out in the street with uh, uh, all this. No, I'm talking about a warrior is somebody that knows when they find themselves in a tough situation, they know that that situation may look tough, but they realize they serve a God that's tougher than that. They serve a God that's bigger and better than that. Any warriors in the house? Any warriors? Now, 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 as we look at this, as we look at this, it's not that we're uneducated. Uh, we, it, it's not that we're uneducated. It's that we've been most often miseducated or taught wrong. And those ways may now seem right to us, but the end of those ways is destruction. Somebody say destruction. Uh, it is really interesting because the interesting thing when you study people is you will find that people sometimes are more married to the way they do things than the results of what they're doing. And so, so many times you try to rehabilitate people, but when you don't understand why people do what they do, you can deal with fruit all day long, but that fruit's going to reappear because you didn't deal with the why they do what they do when they do how they do when they do it. And if you don't deal with the root and only the fruit, you can cut an apple down, but I'm going to tell you, if it's an apple tree, it's going to go right back. So the, the truth of the matter is, is that when we talk about some of the concepts and things where we've been miseducated, we have to understand where that miseducation originated from. We have to understand where were some of the ways that we were taught that provided and led to destruction in our lives. We've been mistaught very often by the things we've been exposed to. 
Now, check this out. Uh, for many of us, we were exposed to ungodly friends and relatives and co-workers, and we saw very poor examples about what men, particularly men of God, look like. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. That's cool. Preach, Bishop. I will. Uh, you, 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 saw, you saw men in your family that were liars and cheaters and that never kept their word and never did what they said they were going to do and treated their mothers poorly and treated the women in their lives poorly and you knew they were lying because they were talking. You, you didn't even have to know what they were talking about. When they opened their mouth, you say, he lying. How you know? Because his mouth is moving. I know he lying. He don't know how to do nothing but lie. He look like a lie, smell like a lie, talk like a lie. His favorite cologne is lie. He just lie, 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 lie and so many most often men we are exposed we are exposed to poor examples about what being a man is and so many men see their mothers treated poorly and in their vow to never be that they end up becoming that because they're still focused on that but then but then the second influence that helps to misteach us is through media and entertainment influences most people today are greater uh, influenced by jay-z rather than jc and so what we have in our american culture is a lot of images of manhood now we got lots of good images don't get me wrong but if it's 5149 the 51 is going to be on the side of of, of of bad images of manhood so we see men cheating and scheming and Men that are loyal to the dollar and men that uh, 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 don't serve God, but it seems like they're doing well. And so we're left with a paradox because we're trying to reconcile what, what should be right to what we've been taught that's right or the ways we've been taught. And so now we're left to sort through all of the foolishness of the bad examples that we've seen. We, we, we see men, we see men in our American culture, we, 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 see, we see men that, that, that they party without purpose. They, 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 they just seemingly, life every day is a party, but there's no purpose to any of that. And I want to be clear, when you serve God, you know, I got a problem with Christians that serve God and don't have fun. No, I'm serious. Don't tell me you serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and let you just start just boring. No, I'm serious. No, and if, you, if your neighbor ain't laughing because they say boring, that's why. They're the one I'm talking about. When you serve God, and I just had to throw this in here. When you serve God, it is the most exciting thing you could ever do. Why? Because everything I do has a purpose. If I'm having a good time, it's got a purpose. If I'm with family, it's got a purpose. If I'm driving, it's got everything I do now has purpose. So don't sit up and tell me that you love God, yet you look like you were baptized in some old pickle juice. You got what I'm saying? Because then no wonder then when people look at the world, they say, well, I want that because at least they look like they're having fun. They may be depressed and smoking dope and on cocaine, but at least they look happy. Touch your neighbor and say, at least look it, at least look it. At least fake like you smile. At least fake like life is good. And I'm going to tell you, it's not that bad. There's a lot of people that are in far worse situations than you. When you woke up this morning, your legs were working. And when you woke up this when you woke up this morning, your eyes were still working. Ten years ago, there were some people that went to work and didn't know that was going to be the last day they'd walk in that building. I dare you sit up here with your pontificating self acting like it's bad. It ain't that bad. High five somebody say, it ain't that bad. Ten years ago, there were some people that didn't know that day 
day their souls would be required of them and I dare you hold unforgiveness against somebody I dare you sit there and not have joy I dare you sit there and stay in that abusive relationship you better realize you ain't got time for that what a warrior is that but we've been we've been mistaught see even Christians have been mistaught that serving God means you just got to be born and that's not the truth. Somebody said that's not the truth. But now we've got these two influences, ungodly friends and relatives and co-workers and then media and entertainment that have mistaught us what manhood is all about. We're then left to sort through all of that to discover who and what we are. And so Paul, the apostle, in his discovery, he, he says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, and 12, he says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Here's the image I want you to get. Paul said, a lot of my life, even as an adult, Paul said, I've been acting like a child. And I've been acting like a child because those were the influences that I had. I was taught that I needed to be selfish. I was taught that I needed to be rude. I was taught these things. And God, he says, when I finally found God, I'm not talking about religious form and fashion, but he said, when I found Jesus, I became a man. In essence, he was saying, I wasn't a man just because I was over 18. He was saying, I'm a man because I've chosen to put away some stuff that's leading me into destruction Paul was saying I chose to be a man that followed Jesus and I had to put some things that I was mistaught away hear me being a male is by birth but being a man is by choice you're born with an x or y but being a man is something you have to choose it's something you have to wake up and say, today, I choose to be a man. And not just a man, but a man that follows Jesus. Which means, I'm going to have some issues. I'm going to have some stuff I got to work through. I'm going to have some times I don't feel like it. I'm going to have some times where it's real rough. I'm going to have some times where I want to cry myself to sleep. But I choose. I wish there were some warriors that chose in this house. Touch your neighbor and say, I choose. No, 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 no. As a Jewish man, Paul, Paul. The scripture shows us that there were some things he was mistaught and Jewish men were mistaught in their culture the same way we were by the poor examples of friends and relatives and co-workers and by media and entertainment of the day. Here's what they were taught as Jewish men. They were taught that real men are stubborn. That's what they were taught. If you really want to if you really want to show you're a man, never change your mind. How's that working out? Here's what they taught Jewish men. Real men are bullheaded. Don't listen to nobody. Just do what you want to do when you want to do it. Because it's your thing. Do what you want to do. They were taught that real men are prideful. They were taught a real man never apologizes. A real man never says he's, says he's wrong because, because, because that's weak. You can't be weak. Tell her she's wrong. Because you can't be weak. As Jewish men, they were chauvinistic. They, they, they were taught that not only were, 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 were women uh, not to be, uh, in many instances, uh, respected, but they were treated that, that women were a lower and lesser class. And while we're created with different functions, there is one class. God created man to have the function of the leader. 
and woman to have the function of following in a family setting. Different functions, one class. I wish the ladies would at least say something right there. Y'all got... That's why the scripture says in the New Testament, in Christ there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, so on and so forth. What was he saying? He was saying in Christ God has leveled the playing field, which means what he'll do for you, he'll do for her. What he did for her, he'll do for you. But Jewish men were taught that you had to be chauvinistic. It was, it was, it was a man's world. That's what they were taught. Here's what Jewish men were taught. They were taught to be a man, you got to have a lot of bark, but no bite. Talk about what you're going to do, but never do it. Say what you're fixing to do, but never do it. Oh, here, here's the big one. Here's the big one. Jewish men were taught, you need to be extra spiritual at church. Say the right things. How you doing? Oh, brother, I'm blessed, highly favored, empowered to prosper. God's really moving. You need to be spiritual at church. But they were taught and mistaught through bad examples that your spirituality stopped once you left the church house. So they may have been spiritual at church, but they were the devil at home. That's what they were taught. That's what they were mistaught. That's what they were shown. And so because of that, Paul makes this grandiose statement. He says, when I became a man, I put away all the stuff that I was mistaught. All of the ways that now seemed right to me that I had to realize these ways only end in death or destruction. So, so here's a few ways, here's a few ways that, that we've been, and this isn't limited to men, but it's especially for men. Here's a few ways that we've been miseducated and lied to, and here's what the truth really is. Y'all ready for lie number one? Y'all ready for lie number one? Uh, I, I can say amen and close the book now. I already preached today. <laughs> lie number one, you ready? Real men don't cry. Quit crying, Trey. Quit trying. <laughs> real men don't cry. We were mistaught that if you are a real man, that means you never cry or show any emotion because showing emotion means you're weak. That's what we were taught. That, that's why you fall down, your leg half broke. What's your mama tell you? Stop crying, boy. <laughs> Go lay down and take a nap. You'll be all right. <laughs> my bone is out of my leg, boy. Just go lay down. I pray for you. I put some no no on that. You'll be all right. <laughs> Here's the problem. That's not true. That's not what the word teaches us. Because in John eleven thirty five, the ultimate warrior, Jesus himself, you know what it says? It's the shortest version of the Bible. Jesus wept. So now, if the ultimate warrior, God himself, in the flesh, the anthropos, so much, God, you can't believe his man so much. Man, you can't believe he's God. If he wept, then who in the world are you to think that you're stronger than him? If the pain of seeing Lazarus dead was so great that he wept, why in the world you think you got to be hard? Because that's what we were mistaught. Here's the problem. Here, here, here's the problem, y'all. We don't talk about it. We keep it in. Somebody asks you what's wrong. What do you say? Nothing. I mean, it's like the song. It's written all over your face. You don't have to say a word. And somebody asks you, what's wrong? Nothing. No, you lying. But you were taught, don't show emotions. 
because you're weak if you show emotions. We, we don't cry. We say, I'm good. I'm good. We just forgot to tell our attitudes we were good. We just forgot to tell our faces we were good, but we're good. Many of us don't have conversations. We have confrontations. We allow small things to become big things because we allow them to grow. Because we don't want to talk. Because we just, I'm good. Nothing's wrong. But men, warriors, that's not what the word teaches us. That, that's not what the word teaches us. Because listen, emotions that are internalized turn into anger. Anybody know a madman? <laughs> let, let, me, let me help you find some. If you've got a relative that's locked up somewhere, he a madman. If you had a relative that died prematurely because they always getting into stuff, you, you knew a madman. Prisons are full of madmen because they never, they were mistaught. If I communicate, if I get this out, if I say something, then I'm weak. And so they keep it in. And the problem is, is this, is emotions internalized turn into anger. Well, guess what anger when it's untreated turns into wrath. What's wrath? Hot anger. That's what it is. It's anger that ain't been dealt with. And then one day, all of a sudden, it becomes too much. And what happens? Pop! And whoever's closest by, at that moment, gets the pop. You could be at the drive-thru at Burger King. I feel so bad for it, because pop! Didn't I say put some onions on that chicken sandwich? I don't believe this. Y'all can't never get my... This Pop. Anybody ever watch Simpsons? Anybody ever watch the Simpsons TV show? It's okay. You can put your hand up. I never think. Oh, before I was a Christian, Bishop, I mean, so it's, it's okay. I won't tell. It's okay. There, there's a character on there named Ned Flanders. Ned Flanders. And uh, Ned Flanders had a popping moment. How many of y'all, y'all seen Ned Flanders' popping moment? It was some years ago, but he had a popping moment. Ned had a neighbor that terrorized him. His name was Homer. And uh, and Homer would terrorize Ned. He would mess with Ned. He, he, he just would not leave Ned alone. And Ned would always respond, highly, deeply, only neighbor, you know, all this kind of thing. You know, I mean, Homer would rob from him, steal from him, take from him. I mean, oh, that's all right. You want this too? You know, it's just totally unrealistic. And, and, and so one day, Ned had enough. And Ned wasn't highly, deeply, only. Ned popped. And Ned Pop, watch this. They, they did a whole. They did a whole background. It was. It, it was a whole psychological experience. They took back to his childhood when he learned to start doing it. Here, here's the point. He internalized his emotions, and so that's that's what a lot of men do. They'll internalize their emotions, and not just men, but women too. Because as I said in the other experience, some win, me, women got some real man-like tendencies. You're just a dude with pumps. Because you're trying to be strong too. I ain't feeling some of my emotions. You cry. That's a lie. You can be a warrior and communicate. You can be a warrior and show your emotions. Because if you do not, if you do not, watch this. You will internalize it and one day you're going to pop. And check this out. The people that you pop on may not have the grace with you and the mercy with you to give you a second opportunity to pop on them. And then when they walk out, who you going to pop on in? You. Second lie. You ready for the second lie? 
Second line we were taught is real men don't need anybody telling them what to do. I'm a grown man. Need nobody telling me what to do. That's not true. The scripture says iron sharpens iron, which then means men become greater men when they're exposed to greater men. I surround myself with other pastors and leaders that have the freedom to speak into my life and the freedom to check me. And guess what? The most important part, I listen. Warriors, not just men, but men and women. Who have you given the freedom to check you? Ooh, it got quiet. Because here's what happens. I have people that will tell me, Bishop, I just, you my pastor. I just, I just, when I'm wrong, Bishop, you tell me. You get me in line, Bishop. And I say something to them, and then they quit the church. So I just said, just everything's fine. Just turn it on the Lord. Just whatever. Just looking good. Looking good. Looking good. <laughs> Don't tell somebody they've got freedom to check you, and when they do it, you get all upset and all your, your all upset. Amen. Amen. <laughs> don't, 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 don't do that. And, and some of you say, well, Bishop, I don't know who. Pray and ask God who. And don't get mad when they do it. Men become greater men when they're exposed to greater men. Who in your life has the freedom to say you're totally off base? You didn't hear God. You just ate too late last night. Who has the freedom to tell you when you're crying and you're going through your emotional thing? And I just don't know. And they can check you and say, you're broke because you don't tie. And you're not, well, I don't. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to say nothing, but I'm feeling froggy. So I'm going to keep preaching. Everybody needs somebody that they're accountable to. And that can speak into them and check them. And say, that ain't right. You're wrong about that. And not get all upset when they do it. And change your phone number. Talk about, I just, the Lord has shifted my seasons. No, you're just a punk. And you can't handle what you asked for. So a lot of people, Bishop, just tell it to me like it is. Okay, and when they get told, well, I just, I'm, I'm praying. About what? How wrong you were? Okay, let me just move on. Let me move on. The third lie we've been mistaught. I'm about through the third lie we've been mistaught. Real men don't respect women. You want them to respect you, you treat them like dirt. You got to train them. Come on, sister, now. Come on here. Now, now look. Over and over in the scripture, we see phrases like honor mothers, honor wives. Over and over, we see that. Now, somebody's wife is somebody's sister, somebody's, somebody's mama's, somebody's daughters. You, you got it? So, so what's the point, Bishop? The point is, is, is that there's an underlying principle here that may not be specifically and explicitly aligned in the text, but we see it in the overall conceptualization of the text, which means this. It means then that, watch this, we should honor women. Amen. Now, now, let me be very clear about that. Honor, to honor is to respect. And respect means to treat kindly and courteously. You, you, you got it. Because some people have misaligned concepts about what honor means. They think that means you're supposed to give in to what they want. Okay. All right. I don't want to say nothing. Okay. Fine. Fine. Say amen to that. And I'll leave it alone. 
So what's the lesson of the scripture? You should treat all men how you'd like your mother treated. Here's what I found out. Even if you had a, a mother that did not do a good job, uh, even if you had a mama where she said, mama got to have a life too, and so she was out partying and left you $10 and said, order pizza and stuff. Even if you had a mother that didn't do a good job, what I found is that by and large, most sons are still protectors of their mother. And they can say whatever they want to say about her. But now if you say something about her, you have incited a fight. Y'all not saying nothing. Now check this out. Now check this out. Check this out. Check this out. What's interesting, what's interesting about that is the lesson of the scriptures, men, is that we should treat women kindly and courteously. Which means I can't cheat on them if I'm treating them kindness, kindly and courteously. I can't lie to her if I'm treating her kindly and courteously. Okay, y'all, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. I, I can't put my hands on her if I'm treating her kindly and courteously. Because I wouldn't want nobody doing that to my mama. That's the scriptures. We've been mistaught. We, we, we've been mistaught that, that you trade women in like a leased automobile. Your mileage is up, baby. It's time to go. But now I'm going to throw this in for free. But ladies, if you act like a leased car, say amen to that. Don't be surprised when you get traded. Ain't no need in buying nothing I can get for free. Okay, let me move on. All right, so the fourth and final line, I'm through. I'm going to get out of here. No handshaking line today. I'm getting right out of the church. I ain't shaking nobody's head. I'm going home. <laughs> Here's the fourth line. Here's the fourth line. No, I'm just serious, though. I, I, no, I'm just, I'm coming back. Give me 30 seconds. I'm coming back to that. You cannot be surprised when you get treated like what you act like. So what you then have to do, what you then have to do is, number one, you need to get in daddy's girls but, 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 at the church. But, but what you have to do, what you have to do is understand that I am going to attract that which is in me. So it amazes me because a single woman, a woman would come in, would you just pray? I'm just seeking God. For just, you know, I just want to find this. But it seems like all the men I meet are just... Just dogs. I said, well, then you must be at the dog pound. Because that's not true. Now, but if you at the pound, what do you expect to find? Listen, we met at Legends. What do you expect to find? Listen, we met at Club Sugar Daddy. What do you expect to find? Say amen to that because the Holy Ghost is pushing me. But if y'all are saying amen, I'll, I'll pull him in. I'll pull him in. I'll pull him in. I'll pull him in. You understand? That's foolish. That's foolish to go to the flea market and expect to get some real Gucci. That's crazy. You're drinking Drano. I got this real. No, that's Gucci, baby. That ain't Gucci. That's Gucci. It's okay, though. I got some coach signature from that flea market on 88th. No, you didn't. You got some gooch. See the line curves up. Okay. All right. The fourth fly, 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 the fourth fly. That we've been mistaught is if we failed once, we won't win at all. And this isn't exclusive to men. Remember, I, I said it's not exclusive to men, but it's especially for men because many of us deal with this. If we fail once, we won't win at all. 
Hear me. A discouraged man is a reckless man. A discouraged woman is a reckless woman. Anyone that is discouraged is reckless. Reckless means that they live without regard for the consequences of their actions. So they'll live for today not realizing tomorrow's still going to come. But when you discourage, you become reckless. And some warriors listening to me today have lost their fight and they've lost their fight because they've had a failure somewhere. Maybe their marriage didn't work out. Maybe that relationship that they knew would end in marriage, it ended in a split. Maybe their business failed and they had to file bankruptcy. Maybe the career path they thought that they were going to take is now not anywhere close to where they're at. Maybe their children are not what they anticipated and so they fought. That they were raising some, some mighty men and women of God to only discover that they had raised Freddy Krueger, Jason, and Michael Myers. And may, may, maybe your physical appearance is your issue. And so you, 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 you're trying to deal with that. Maybe your financial status, you feel like a failure because you thought by now you'd have X, Y, Z to only discover you only had A. And so you're trying to figure out how I'm going to get from A to Z. And so when you feel like you failed, you can be discouraged. But I love the quote we saw in the trailer. Teddy Roosevelt said, the credit belongs to the man in the arena. Now, now notice that means he showed up for the fight. I'm so sick of Christians that can't show up to fight. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have to fight. Tell him you're going to have to. I wish I could tell you that when you gave your life to Jesus, he would just come out of heaven and angels would come and he'd be like, ah, but that ain't what he'd do. He'd be like, get him. But do know when you touch him. You touch your neck. Oh, see, I love the Bible because in Exodus, we see Moses say, go to Pharaoh. And I'm going to tell Pharaoh, and I want you to tell Pharaoh that he's to let you go. But then you know what God did? God is so awesome because God is the only man that can play chess with himself and still win. He says, Moses, go ask Pharaoh to let you go. And I'm telling you, it's time for y'all to be loose from bondage. And then you know what God did? God went right on the other side and told Pharaoh, tell him no. That's some stuff. But God tells you to go do something. You go do it and it don't work. I'm here to tell you just because it don't work don't mean you didn't do what he told you to do. Sometimes God's saying, I need to know if you're going to persevere. I need to know if you're going to press. Even when it seems like you're losing, will you keep on fighting? Touch somebody and say, I'm going to keep fighting. Ten times. Don't go. Once I get, twice I get, I can even understand because God likes threes. I can even understand three times. I, I, I'm going to be real honest. I'm going to be real honest. I'm going to be real honest. I can even understand five because five is grace and favor. But ten times, go tell him to let you go. Tell him no. Tell him he better let you go or I'm going to do something. Don't let him go. Ten times. Those are the ten plagues. And then God said, the reason I'm doing it this way is because, Moses, I don't want you to think you're the one that did this. And I don't want Pharaoh to think that he's the one that's doing this. So what I did is I played both of y'all against one another so that I made sure I got all the glory out of the situation. I'm here to tell you, if you're in a situation that's tight right now, God says, I'm going to get the glory out of it. You just got to keep showing up to the arena. But look at the quote, look at the quote, look at the quote when I'm through. He says, he says, the credit belongs to the man in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. That, that means he, he fought. 
And that means the fight got so intense that he had to break a sweat. That meant that the fight got so intense that blood was shed. That means he got cut. Who spends himself in a worthy cause. And who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. Hear me and I'm through. We have to redefine what a win looks like. I, I, am, I am, and most men are, we are competitive by nature. We were created to be competitive. God made Eve on the inside of the garden. He made us in the wilderness with the animals. That means there's an animalistic nature that's built into us that's intrinsic. Uh, lions, even though nobody's taught them by verbally speaking to them and saying, you're a lion. And you need to defend this territory. Lions have this internal uh, competition and competitive nature that's built into them. I'm very competitive. I don't like to play anything I don't win. I'm just telling you. Who does? Except bowling. I'll go bowl because I get the disclaimer I'm going to lose. That way I didn't feel like a loss to me. I said, when we go bowling, that's fine. I'm just telling you, I'm going to lose. And then when I end up, you know, losing, then I'm like, I told you. So I don't feel like I lost anything, you see? Psych your mind. You got you to do it. So, 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 so I, I, that's why we don't play basketball at Harvest. You say, Bishop, that ain't right. You start your own church there. And you can play basketball on your own. This ain't your church. We play football because I know I can guarantee you a W. I can guarantee you a win. Matter of fact, I have not lost one game. Since we started playing, how many games is that? At least 10. At least 10. Haven't lost one of them. And the last game, whoo! I feel bad for the other team. You know, I'm, like, I'm like, Lord, please don't let them feel discouraged and know that you're still God and they're still victors and that because, you know what I mean? I'm being facetious. I'm just joking, guys. What, what's the point? What's the point? What's the point? What's the point? Many times... When we don't think we can win, we'll stop showing up for the fight. And we don't see that pattern demonstrated in Scripture. The pattern we see demonstrated in Scripture was a redefined win. Say redefined win. Which means this. A win is not that I always get what I fight for, but that I didn't let failure take my fight. I'm going to say it again because your neighbor didn't hear me. A win is not that I always get what I fight for, but that I did not let failure take my fight. Which means I may not get what I showed up to the fight for, but I tell you what, I'm going to keep on fighting. Another day's coming, and it's a day of new mercy and new grace and new favor from God. I maybe didn't get what I prayed for when I prayed for it, but I ain't going to stop praying. I maybe didn't get the harvest I expected to get when I sowed my seed, but I'm not going to stop sowing. I maybe didn't get what I fought for. But I won't let failure take my fight. When you lose your fight, you're as good as dead. Because you will bring sadness and sorrow and gloom, not only to yourself, but everybody around you. Because you're just living a routine. Oh, it's morning. You don't wake up thinking, oh, I'm going to do something today. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to do something today. The world better watch out because I got up another day. No, oh, it's another day. Uh, 
uh, let me go in here and, 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 you, and you, you're a dead person walking. And when you're a dead person walking, you're as good as checked out. Because you won't do anything but bring that same spirit and atmosphere to other people around you. That, that, that's why sometimes, that's why sometimes when, when you see people that are, are really uh, nasty attitudes, rather than getting all worked up about it, you, you ought to pray for them. Because when people hit low moments in life, they're reckless. They don't think about what they're doing. They don't care about what they're doing because they're low. But I'm here to tell you the only reason you feel low is because you have a misunderstanding. You've been mistaught about what a win is. A win is not that I always get what I fight for. There's several times in the scripture, Abraham, God says, you're going to be the father of many nations. He never saw that. But he kept fighting for it. And today, with the Lord, he's looking and saying, I gave you what I said I was going to give you, didn't I? There were things in Scripture that people fought for that maybe they didn't see in their lifetime or see when they wanted to see it. But God's not a man that he should lie. Whatever he's promised, he will do. But watch this. A win is not that I always get what I fight for. But it's that I won't let failure take my fight. Tell somebody, say, it can't take my fight. Tell them, it, it, it can't. Can't, t- can't take my fight. They may have declined me. That's okay. There's other banks. Y'all not saying nothing. I'm talking to somebody right there. They may have told you no. That's all right. That's not the last door that God has the ability to open. I'm here to tell you if you really believe you serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and a God that's bigger than all your situations, stop letting a little bugaboo and a little somebody mess with you and get you off track. You ought to look at that situation and say, maybe not this way, but you can't tell me no. I'm going to keep fighting. Tell somebody say, I'm going to keep fighting. Where are the warriors at this morning that understand I'm going to keep fighting? I'm going to keep fighting for my marriage. I'm going to keep fighting for my children. I'm going to keep fighting for souls to be saved. I'm going to keep fighting for my career. Failure won't take my fight. Everybody stand with me, Father. Father, I'm speaking to warriors today. I'm speaking to warriors today. I'm not speaking to mistakes. I'm not speaking to failures. I'm not speaking to accidents. I'm speaking to people that you have called for such a time as this. And they are far stronger than what they ever anticipated. You've made them to be kings and to be priests. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak life into every warrior that thinks that there's no use in fighting anymore. I speak strength into you. I speak fight back into you. It, it, it's, not, it's not the size of the dog that's in the fight. Size, size of the fight that's in the dog. And I'm here to tell you, you're not fighting by yourself. When you show up to that arena, God Almighty is with you. And even when you cannot trace his hand, you know his heart. Because you know his word. I speak strength into you. I speak life into you. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, Bishop Foreman, I did not know Jesus. Because I'm here to tell you everything I just preached about what the truth is. It really doesn't matter if you don't have a relationship with God. You can't just solve a spiritual problem with intellectual information and expect the problem to go away. No, you got to solve spiritual problems with spiritual solutions. And spiritual solutions transcend to every other area of your life. And the first spiritual problem we have is separation from God. But you can fix that today. I said you can fix that today. If you feel far from God, that can change today. 
Not, not tomorrow, not, not, not Wednesday, not Friday. No, no, that can change today. Somebody say today. But maybe secondly, you're here and, and you say, Bishop, I'm a Christian. I, I've prayed and received God before, but, but I've not been living for God. I've been doing my own thing. I've, I've been going my own way, and, and I need to come back to the Lord. We call it rededicating. I need to get things back right with my relationship with God. Stop letting every time you make a mistake separate you from him. I'm going to say it again because somebody needed to hear that. Every time you make a mistake, stop running from him and start running to him. Because he's the only one that's going to be able to get that thing together. With your head bowed and eyes closed, if either one of those is you, you need to give your life to Jesus or rededicate yourself to him. I'm going to ask you to do one thing, and I need you to be a warrior. I need you to be strong and tough. I'm going to ask you to do one thing, and that's to throw your hand in the air when I count to three. Don't worry about judgment. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to condemn you. At Harvest, we've got nothing but love for you. We're not here to love you to death. We're here to love you to life. Doesn't matter what your issues are. Doesn't matter what your past is. That's completely and totally irrelevant. Only thing that matters is right here, right now. Here and now. That's what matters. And if you need to give your life to Jesus or rededicate yourself to him, don't think about it because if you think about it, you're going to put your hand down. On the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up because we need to put something in your hand. We're not going to make you come down front. We're not going to make you turn around. We're not going to do any of that. On the count of three, I need you to throw your hand up if that's you. Either one. One, two, three. Throw your hand up in the air. I see you. God bless you. Keep it up. We're going to put something in that hand. Bless you. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, Harvest. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Decisions are being made right now, right now, right now. Hallelujah. There is no shame. There is no condemnation. Everybody, everybody, I want you to look forward because you don't have to close your eyes when you pray. Say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, me looking forward is just what I'm doing with my life. There's nothing good for me in my past. Jesus, my God. I believe in my heart. And confess with my mouth that God sent Jesus to die in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if it's the first time I prayed this, I am born again. Right here and right now. Help me to separate myself from those things that have no business in my future. Give me the strength to say goodbye to some folks that have to go. Give me the strength and the grace to run this Christian race. In Jesus' name, you ought to go bananas for God right there. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. 
Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.